Hi, everybody. Welcome to Remembering Your Oneness, where I'm Zane Daniel, and... I'm Monica Kupiak. I'm an intuitive painter as well as a Reiki practitioner. All right. And this is the show where we know everything. And so do you. All right. So, yeah, and I am a Hathor energy healer. So I work with people to help them remove negative entities. I help them remove uh, blockages to emotions and that sort of thing. So one-on-one sessions and classes and all that stuff. So we're really happy to be here today. And I think the way we want to get this one started is I'm actually going to do an activation for everybody. Since our topic today is about remembering your oneness, very specifically our, our show title we're going to do, mainly the way that you do that is you raise your vibration. So I'm going to go ahead and do a raise your vibration activation for everybody who's watching. Now, if you're watching the replay of this, it still works just the same as if you were watching it live. So this, what's nice about this is it's, it's a fairly quick activation. So if everybody can just go ahead and close your eyes, take a nice big deep breath. And relax as you exhale. Feel yourself sinking into the chair that you're sitting in. I want you to picture yourself standing on the beach. The sun is warm and shining in your face. You can feel the sand between your toes. You can hear the waves crashing against the shore. And picture yourself with your arms wide in a pose of acceptance for the unlimited energy of the universe coming to you through our star. The way my activations work is I'm simply going to say breath in. And when I do, you'll take a nice big deep breath and you'll hold it. You'll hold it at the top and you'll wait for me to say the key word, which in this case is awaken. It's pretty much always awaken. And then you can exhale. So raising your vibration. Breath in. Awaken. Now go ahead and feel any sensation that you might feel on the bottoms of your feet. Notice the temperature of the room on your skin. And when you're ready to step into a brand new version of yourself, a little bit closer to your true you, a little bit closer to knowing and remembering your oneness, then you can open your eyes. Oh my gosh. We knocked Monica completely off her chair. (laughs) (laughs) Flying through the room from that activation. That was just the crazy activation thing. (laughs) Just wanted to spook you a little bit. (laughs) Oh, I see. So you thought that I vaporized you with that activation. Okay, great. (laughs) We actually did an activation right before we started this uh, podcast, and I don't know why, it just had me laughing. (laughs) Um, I remember the first time when I listened to one of yours on YouTube, I just, I wasn't expecting to (laughs) awaken in that tone, and I just bursted out laughing. I think it just, like, awakened, like, my inner child of, like... Oh, like we can, we can be playful. We don't have to be so serious right now. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, we, and the other thing we were talking about before the show started was the, the different ways you can release. 
And so I'm sure that laughter is a perfect way to release. And it's funny because we think about what we were talking about, like yawning. And and actually, if you do ayahuasca, you're vomiting. So a lot of times we're actually thinking about things uh, truly being expelled from your body or or something that's not silly, like laughing. But uh, but for sure, it's got to be a huge way to release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I always feel much lighter when I laugh or like when I'm with my friends and like we're like laughing and our like stomachs hurt or we're like crying with all those like releases. It definitely feels really rejuvenating. Right. Crying is another good one, too. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. And uh, and, you know, er, you know, I've got, I teach a class all the time. So oh, every once in a while, somebody says to me, oh, my gosh, I'm crying. I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is fantastic. Keep it going like you're you're perfect. Let it out. So it's huge. For sure. So today we're going to be talking about some tools that are good for remembering our oneness. And uh, one tool that we did discuss was ayahuasca and as well as other potential things that we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Well, maybe we should just touch real quick on, well, what's the benefit of remembering our oneness or or Mm -hmm. why would we want to in the first place? do you have any thoughts on that before I answer my own question? I think you should answer your own question. I think that's much more funnier, much more. Okay. Well, I mean, I just kind of came to me. Uh, so ultimately, the closer that we can get to the zero point of non-judgment, the better that we can navigate this individual life. So one of the reasons that I really like spirituality in general is because it's extremely mentally healthy. And I'm dealing with people who are struggling with mental and emotional issues all the time. So as a as a solution to that issue, I love being able to move into a state of spirituality. And the main state, of course, is the fact that we are all the same thing. We are all one entity. We are all one being. We are all one, whatever the one is. But we are in a world of separation where we have the illusion of separation. So we think that Monica is different than me and everybody who's watching, it's different than everybody else. So what I really like is, is when you move into that state, then if you have love for anything, then it's easier to expand that to everything. If you love this, if you love your daughter, you love your son, you love your parents, you love your sibling, whatever it is that you love, they're all the same as everyone. So now you have an opportunity to touch deeper and easier into loving all things. Yeah, I like that. I think for me, I just like the feeling that I get when I remember, whether it's like reading a book or, you know, doing a painting now or before when I was doing healing sessions, like getting Reiki done or acupressure, acupuncture. Um, I just really liked the whole like concept of raising your vibration, even though like sometimes I wasn't aware that I was raising my vibration vibration through those things but eventually that's what i became to understand that that's really what it is it's just you realizing that you're not alone but you're surrounded by love and you are love itself as well and i feel like the more tools that come into your hands it's just going to help you remember yourself even more and the beauty of life just becomes more simple or also just more beautiful too Right. And everything is made of unconditional love, right? Every, absolutely everything. This microphone, oh, which is not on the screen, this microphone right here is made of unconditional love. Uh, and so is everything that exists in all universe at all, at all uh, dimensions. 
So, you know, that just remembering that <laughs> your oneness and, and knowing it at all times, it it's easier because then you go into a depressed state, let's say, or you go into a fear state. You feel like the whole world is made of depression or the whole world is made of fear, but mm -hmm. that's absolutely not the case at all. And so remembering that, that, that truth is there can kind of help bring you out of it a little bit. I also feel like you need those states of like depression or sadness in order for you to, you know, awaken from it essentially. But I feel like those, sometimes I feel like, Oh, like I'm constantly going into this dip. Like why do I constantly get these emotions circling back into me? But I feel like they're just ways and lessons for me to understand that right now, like I'm learning that I can be more aware during this process. And the more aware I get when those, thoughts or those patterns return, I can release them a little bit quicker, or I can use a different tool to help release it. And then to gain that, you know, that vibration to elevate even, even higher. Yes, absolutely. To embrace the emotions that we experience, either the bad ones or the good ones, will get you to a more state, a state of appreciation or a state of acceptance, which is a higher vibrational emotion. So it all works really well. It's only when we get stuck, like you're saying, like if you, if you have fear or you have frustration or whatever, that's so totally normal. Like don't blame yourself for that. But if you get stuck in it and you feel like, oh my gosh, all I'm feeling is unworthiness, unworthiness all the time, unworthiness all the time. Now I'm frustrated over being unworthy. That's where suffering really starts to begin when you pile on and you pile on and you stay in those lower vibrational emotions. Mm -hmm. I think it was about maybe three or four years ago when I did did a healing session with my friend from Holland and she was working a lot with my self-worth. And at the time, like I would be in random relationships, like going from one to another. And I remember after that activation or after that healing session, like I remembered myself it was like, whoa, like I am worthy of like one lover or I'm worthy of myself to not be tossed around from one guy to the next. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely interesting how like different people have different healing aspects that can, that can show you a different um, perspective of yourself in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm seeing that we have an interesting little thought or question from Julia. I felt head coldy the last few days, harder to feel the oneness <laughs> I usually feel when below par. Any advice? Tell myself, hopefully this is a positive, even though, yes, that's a, that's a very good, good one. Uh, even though feel too weary as maybe a shift. Never know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that always accepting where you are is huge. And the other, the nice thing about that is to say, to remind yourself, that every experience, whether positive or negative, is temporary. So yes, you're head coldy, but it's only going to last so long. You're, it's harder to feel the oneness. It's only going to last so long. You can be confident. You can be optimistic. You can be uh, hopeful um, and, and knowing that it will be temporary. So that is one of the ways to move up the emotional frequency chart because acceptance is the lowest high vibrational emotion. And then optimism is the next highest high vibrational emotion. So, you know, that's one of the tools that I often teach people to do is to kind of really move through that chart and move up each, um, vibrational emotion and, and recognize the experience that you're having as 
some sort of benefit. And you don't even have to know what the benefit is. At this moment, you could say, wow, I don't know why I'm stuck in bed and feeling so exhausted and feeling so crappy. But maybe there's a reason that you'll never know. Maybe you would have gone to the store today at a certain time, but because you were sick in bed, you decided not to. And at the store, you were going to lose your wallet, you know, or whatever. So, so there's always some sort of positive to it but you don't ever have to figure it out because that's the brain trying to solve the problem. That's the brain saying, oh, if I put this into this category, then I feel safe, I feel comfortable, and therefore I do not feel fear. Don't worry about any of that. Just relax and kind of enjoy the experience. And it's weird to say to enjoy the negative experience, but you can because there are, there are physiological aspects to it, just like a positive experience. And you can explore those and say, oh, what does this really feel like? And why, do it, why does it feel like this here and not over here? And, and just experiment and play around with how you're feeling. Because guess what? It is temporary and it's going to go away. So you might as well explore it while you've got it. That's very good advice. I also think that whenever I feel a little bit like a cold or something, it's usually just a reminder to give myself some more rest. Maybe I'm doing too many things at once and my body is shutting down because of it. I think our body is a really good tool to, to indicate and to tell us like if what we're doing is right for us at this moment. So maybe, Julia, just tune in to yourself if there's something that you've been doing that was a little bit too much for you. And then that, that's why it's causing your body to just shut down at the moment. Right. Absolutely. All right. So, so, okay. I think we kind of covered basically the idea of the, why the remembering your oneness. And so you wanted to talk about what are the processes for that? So it kind of depends on where you're at, right? So if you have never even considered the idea, then a lot of times the plant medicines are, are the first step in that process, right? So if you're going, if you're in the rat race, if you are in the matrix, if you are doing the corporate thing or whatever that you're doing, this day-to-day thing, that same every day, then sometimes we need something huge to happen for us to snap out of all that. A near-death experience is another great one or, or an, an ayahuasca or some plant medicine experience, which is obviously what I did because I was just going to continue down that blinders path my entire life. There's no doubt about it. Well, I mean, obviously I was supposed to experience what I'm, where I'm at now, but, but the, the easy way, <laughs> the very easy way for me was through ayahuasca. That's awesome. Yeah. Mine was, uh, well, it guess it wasn't plant medicine, but it was plant based food. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually turned vegetarian. Um, when I was like 14, I was going to like a holistic doctor and that's what kind of kickstarted my way of just expanding my, my thought process. And um, people are mowing the lawn outside, so I don't know if you can hear that or not. You can hear it. No, it's it's good. You're good. Yeah, your microphone is awesome. (laughs) So like tons of like uh, plant stuff happening right now. (laughs) Being cut, we're talking about ayahuasca and being vegetarian. Wow! Look at all the synchronicities. So much, so much green. I think uh, I think the color green is really popping up right now. But yeah, so your process with how you had such a huge awakening through ayahuasca and then now how you're, it's just helped you to elevate you, raise your vibration even more essentially Mm -hmm. for your, for your remembrance of your true self in a way. 
Right. Yeah. And for many people, they have that loss of ego that happens during uh, spiritual plant medicine experiences where they they've completely lost any sense of self. And there's quite a few plant medicines uh, that do that. And that can be a huge experience because you do really tap into, well, if I'm not just this one little human creature, biological thing, mm-hmm. then then what am I? And and you can find and feel what it really feels like to be the universe and to have universal knowledge. And that that is a transformative experience. I don't know. I don't care who you are. You're going to have that kind of transformation. I like that because um, I was watching your YouTube video earlier uh, since it was about ayahuasca. And you mentioned that right before you did the ceremony, like the events leading up to it, you weren't feeling that challenged in your life where you felt a little bit maybe like mundane or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really cool indication or a really good indication that you're going to go through a spiritual awakening because you're, you're, you're aware that you don't feel challenged and that there's still something missing in your life. Uh, I remember, I think three years ago uh, when I was living in town, I had that same like realization. I was like, I'm not having a challenge right now in my life. Like I go to work. That's like three minutes away from my house and I'm just constantly doing the same stuff. And so eventually what I did is I moved an hour away from work to give myself a challenge to to just wake myself up even more because I was just so like at point A to point B and then you know I would eventually get to point C somewhere. But I got so sick of just that same constant like motions. I really love what you're saying there because what you're talking about is we are so driven to make our lives as easy as possible, right? Like all we want to do is if, if the, if we've got a, a refrigerator, like a little refrigerator next to our TV so that we can get our drinks out or our beers or our snacks, then we're going to do that because it's like, Oh, this is so nice. All I got to do is lean over and open this door and I'm going to get my thing out. And I don't have to even stand up and walk all the way across the room. Like, look, you know, we really think this way. We think this way all the time. And this is our pursuit of pleasure and our avoidance of pain. But it turns out of course, that when we decide to do something that causes us pain, then we actually have a chance for growth. So it's better to to put the refrigerator out in the garage <laughs> so that you have to go outside in the cold or whatever to get to it because of the, the possibilities of learning something, of, of growing, of expanding, of running into something that you hadn't thought of before. Oh, right. I have to walk past my bike on my way to the, to the refrigerator now. Maybe I should probably use that and get some exercise and ride around the neighborhood and explore and see this world that I've shut myself away from. So anytime you can challenge yourself with anything, then I then the possibilities for growth are incredible. Well, that's also like a concept of like why professional athletes really love what they do, because they get that like drive or they get that like feeling of of motivation or I guess they can feel their true self in a way or like they get onto this vibrational like um level that it's just addicting because I want to say that even like ayahuasca can become addicting or like getting into that state of like meditation or doing other psychedelics like those really can be addicting because you just want to go back to that state of oneness or going back to that state of your true self um and 
psychedelics is kind of like the faster route of getting yourself there. It's like one, two, three, and you're already there. Or ayahuasca is kind of like a little bit slower, but you know what I mean? Like if you're meditating, it's going to take a little bit longer to reach that state. Right. Absolutely. And what do they say? They say that, uh, what do you do before enlightenment? You chop wood and you carry water. What do you do after enlightenment? You chop wood and you carry water. So there's no difference necessarily in your life, but the way that you observe everything is completely different. So I, I see that exactly. So do you observe yourself differently now? Through, obviously you do, but <laughs> oh yeah, constantly, all the time, everything is completely different, and and um, just just realizing all the crazy stuff that you do on a day to day basis that you used to just uh, do automatically and not even think about, just being able to be aware of the, the crazy stuff like you know driving in a car. Like, wait a minute, what's really happening here? There's explosions that are going on in the front of this car right now and that are propelling my, my vehicle down the road and I can go at really fast speeds and I can observe all the, the people that are walking around and they don't even think anything of the fact that I'm driving this exploding vehicle down the street, right? So there's when you, when you move into a state of observation, when you move into a state of awareness, when you move into a state of we're all the same being and everyone is beautiful and fantastic in their ways, then when I'm driving my exploding vehicle down the road, I'm looking at people outside mowing lawns, right? And I'm like, what an amazing creature that is. What a beautiful being. And I'm so glad that I got to observe them doing something that they think is super mundane and boring. But I think it's fantastic because now they're pushing an exploding vehicle around and it's automatically chopping the grass. Like these are the types of ways that you can look at life instead of just the same way that you do every other day. So then to anyone that's listening right now, if you have something that you've observed during this week that really just made you just be super present and appreciate that object or person, uh, if you want to write about that experience in the comments, that'd be awesome for us to all learn what we see on a day-to-day basis. Uh, For me this morning, um, I woke up before the sunrise and I was sitting on my couch outside on my porch and the clouds were turning like a pinkish orangey color and it was just very vibrant and really beautiful and it made me happy and grateful that i woke up earlier just to go and witness these colors change right the other day i kept seeing like little tiny butterflies in my in my porch and i really enjoyed seeing those right yeah it's amazing and you know uh, one of the ways that i like to describe this (laughs) it's definitely loud now i can definitely hear the the It's like got louder. They're like, oh, you can't hear us here. (laughs) Here, let's do this. No, no, no. Um, So one of the ways that I really like to observe the world is to go into a state of listening. And what's cool about listening is that it's not necessarily just with your ears. But if you think about listening, you can think about the fact that, okay, if you're trying to hear something, you stop moving so that you don't make sound of your own body rubbing up against itself. So now you've stopped everything that you're doing. Then what do you do in the mind? You stop thinking sort of. You're just like, what was that sound? And then you go into almost like an empty mindset. And that empty mindset is actually like a meditative state. So if you are going out into the world and you are listening, you can essentially meditate and then observe. 
but you can also listen with your eyes. So you can go outside and listen and look at things because we are so, we are these biological survival creatures and we survive by tuning things out that are unnecessary for survival. So we actually have to actively start to notice things in our environment. Otherwise, they are automatically tuned out. So some amazing things that you can see when you go into a state of listening with your eyes, like I had an experience where I was looking across a river and I very clearly said, I want to listen with my eyes right now. And I was looking, I was scanning the shoreline. And then sure enough, uh, a little family of deer came out and drank from the from the river. If I had just been like, oh yeah, pretty river, cool, then I would have missed it. That's really neat. Uh, yoga for me actually does that with the whole seeing thing with your with your eyes. Um, after I do like a little yoga sequence, even as little as like twenty minutes, like I just feel this new appreciation for what what's around me at the present moment, or even just like the little objects, like seeing the, a new leaf grow on on one of my plants um and like just getting into calming your thoughts or calming your body back to like that resting state that's like it's really i feel like that's the whole point of yoga or the whole point of remembering yourself again just to see these little things in life that make up the us as a whole yeah i re- i love having a garden because every day it changes and it kind of changes massively you're just like wait a minute how where did all these cucumbers come from like they i'm sure they weren't here yesterday you know so i definitely love that because of the uh, of the speed at w- which you can see transformation and you can observe things so we've got a couple of uh of uh, items in here do you want to throw some on the screen oh i have to do it don't i i'm the host let's do this one <laughs> Uh, first thing that brings me to the present moment is my morning puppy snuggles, right? Before I get out of bed. Yes, that's amazing. Second is when I let them outside and share. Oh, stare. I, well, you share it too. You stare at the sky and listen to the birds sing. I love that. Yeah, I love my morning cat snuggles. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I often, I also enjoyed my morning dog snuggles, except dog is now somewhere else, unfortunately, but. I still loved it. Then Vana said, uh, just offering grace to other humans where I would normally react defensively. Miracles of peace are taking place, allowing for a space of healing rather than more illusion of past pain. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, miracles of peace are always taking place. I, I say a thing all the time. We are miracles observing miracles. Everything that is happening is amazing, including us, especially us. Cats or dogs' eyes from Marcella. Absolutely. (laughs) Julia again. Six squirrels chasing each other up a tree. Wow. (laughs) You needed needed a race. You needed to see which one got to the top first. Marcella said, hearing or watching them just breathe. And she was the one talking about her cats. So I think Uh, that's what she was talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I always like watching my cat inhale and exhale, just her stomach, just moving, making sure she's still alive. (laughs) (laughs) You're expecting your cat to not be alive? I don't know. This is like my first pet. So like it's been a year and I'm just like, oh, you're still alive. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, don't don't have a baby anytime soon. Like, make sure you get that cat all the way through its life, and, and then you could go to that. Maybe another twenty years then. So. <laughs> oh, right. 
can't maybe, live there a long time. <laughs> maybe just after a year or so, then it's fine. We'll see. <laughs> These are fun. Okay, so anyone else that wants to share something about what they see in a day-to-day -day life that really brings out um, themselves or helps them remember their true self or helps them be like, whoa, like I've, I don't feel alone right now anymore. Um, these are like the moments that I, I strive to achieve at least one a day. And just living in Hawaii, like I think someone else mentioned just watching the sunset, like that really does just bring me back to like, okay, I'm centered, I'm grounded, I feel okay right now. And then if I'm up earlier enough, the sunrises are really beautiful here too. Yeah, so what I think we're doing right now is we're telling and helping people live in the moment. Because we can spend so much time living in the future. We can spend so much time living in the past. And what's interesting is when we're thinking about the future and we're imagining what, what uh, we want our lives to be like, then we are essentially going, I want to be able to, I mean, th this is like a, this is like a vague generalization, right? I want to be at a place so that I can live in the moment is often what we're essentially saying. Like, I want to have enough money. I want to have this. I want to have, you know, a family, whatever it is that you're imagining your future to be. You are generally hoping that you get into a place where you can live in the moment without fear or without X, without Y. Like you're making up all these reasons that you can't really live in the moment right now when that's actually a giant lie that you're telling yourself. And you can go ahead and absolutely enjoy every second of every moment every day. Well, those are actually like the messages that I got from my ayahuasca experience and DMT experience is that the main common message that I got from both experiences was to live back in the moment, to live even fuller, um, both of them told me to go back and go surfing because I've had plenty of surfing accidents. But uh, for some odd reason, like, I guess when I'm surfing, it's like I'm truly fully living and being super hyper present. And it's interesting how it took, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy cleanses from from like ayahuasca to basically tell me like just do what you love to do uh -huh. so even if like someone is scared to do like uh plant medicines or like any psychedelics like honestly the most common theme is going to tell you to just do what you love to do or just follow your passions and live even fuller and that may take time to accept because it's definitely taken me many years to accept that and now that i'm just painting and just doing that for a living, like I feel so much fuller every day because of it. And I think that's what my messages were was to just live. Yeah, it's perfect. And yeah, and it's funny that you had to go to an ayahuasca experience for that, right? Like it's just so simple and so yeah. basic. But but it's true. And and we experience the most synchronicities when we are following our passions, when we are living in the moment and following our passions. So if you are driven to help the homeless in your town, then you are going to experience incredible results from that. If you are driven to paint, then you're going to experience incredible results from that. If you're, you know, whatever it is, if you're going to write, if you like writing a comic book, then you're going to experience incredible results from that. So, it, but we often are distracted once again, back to this by what we expect or want out of our futures, or we can say, oh, I, instead of following my passion, before I follow my passion, the first thing that I need to do is I need to make money. And, 
And so then you follow the money, which means that you probably will never actually get to your passion because you'll be following the money, trying to get to the point where you can finally say to yourself, okay, now all my bills are paid. All my debts are paid. I can finally now follow my passions which obviously is just delaying the, the amazing life that you can have. Mm-hmm. Or just delaying the occurrences that, that could happen or that could happen or sometimes they might not even happen. Cause you might, you know, 20 years later, you'll, you'll realize again, it's like, Oh, I forgot to do what I love or I forgot to take time to spend with my family or I forgot to spend time, you know, giving myself some extra self care. And then a disease comes up into your body or you'll, you'll get more sick or your body just starts talking to you in like different ways. Yeah. So, and in my case, for instance, I loved video games when I was a kid. And so uh, my grandfather actually taught me how to program a computer when I was a kid and I ended up doing that, you know, using that to make my own video games. And then I got hired in the industry. So that was me following my childhood passions all the way up until adulthood and then went into that career. Well, what did that lead me to? That led me to the, my um, ex-girlfriend who, whose brother introduced me to ayahuasca. So if I hadn't done all of that, then I wouldn't have gotten into this situation where I had that awakening experience and now I help others have their own awakening experiences and mm-hmm. transition into that remembrance of their oneness. Mm-hmm. So let's circle back to the whole childhood thing because you said that you followed your childhood thing that led you to so-and-so. So um, I guess the people that are watching and tuning in, if you want to drop a comment of what was one of your childhood passions, um, and you can tell us if you still do it or if you maybe forgot about it. And maybe this talk right now will help activate or help motivate you to go back to exploring that passion again or that activity that you were doing. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that because it can be anything. We could look at it like, oh, well, he gave an example of a career that he got out of his childhood passion, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be something as simple as, cutting out paper dolls. And so you really enjoy doing that very simple, but yet fun activity that leads to the next thing that leads to the next thing. And then you go online and you to learn more about it. And then you find something else and you, you meet someone else and then your life explodes into new possibilities. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be something again, no expectations for what that passion is. That passion can be anything. Do not pull out judgment to judge your passion. Just go for it. Yeah, I was doing a healing session for for one of my clients the other day, and I kept hearing to tell her to read more, to do more like educational stuff, because that's like what what grounds her. And then I started seeing like roots coming out of her feet and her becoming like a tree, the more she like learns. And when I told her that, she was like, yeah, I do actually feel really good when I'm learning and when I when I'm doing doing these things these things that like help her body or to help give her more knowledge. So it's like, it could be just as simple as reading, you know, something scientific that, that helps soothe you or to help feed your soul because whatever you're reading might then escalate to another event or to another book or to another fascination that you're going to learn. Um, so I definitely feel like follow exactly what your heart is like longing because there's definitely a message there. Your guides are hidden in all of these different objects um, as, as these you know, the spirits are formed into these objects just so you can get a clue to your next event that you're going to go or down the next like split in the fork that you're meant to go to keep evolving your life. 
Absolutely. Yeah, there was some show or something that I had watched and I don't I don't remember the name of it. So nobody's going to be able to look it up. But but what was cool about it was they were just doing this like kind of synchronistic following exercise. So there was a whole bunch of them that were in a little group and they one person it was one person's turn and they and and when they saw someone walk by it was like busy street new york or something like that when they saw someone walk by that was really cool or really interesting to them they said that person and then the whole group would get up and they would kind of follow that person until they were led to something else that was interesting and they go oh this store and then they'd go into that store and then they and then they would find something interesting and then and they they would discover something awesome like some you know saying that that changed some people's minds or some or or meet the store owner who had interesting stories to tell or whatever so it was really fun and what i like about that so many things the exploration of it the faith the idea of just going like wh- whatever your whim is, you're going to follow that. And then when that happens, you, you are very far away from fear because, you know, many people could go, well, what if that person thinks I'm following them? And what if that that's just kind of weird and I don't want to be judged? And, you know, you can go down those paths so easily. But the world is a playground. The world is an opportunity to grow in, in incredible ways. So exercising that fearlessness, if you do have fear and worry issues, that's another great way to do it is to just follow those little whims and see where it takes you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fear is a a big one that I was dealing with, too. And uh, during my retreat that I did for my ayahuasca, like we also did combo. And during that experience, um, that one, they 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 burn a little bit of your skin to inject the frog poison which is called the combo and uh, you're supposed to start vomiting right away. But I actually couldn't vomit uh, right away. Like I was, I guess I was just really fearful and my hands actually started to curl. And one of the shamans came by and we're like, Oh, it's okay. This just happens when you have a lot of fear, you just got to let go and surrender. And it took a while for me to like accept like, okay, like I really need to let go of this fear. And then like, obviously like, they like helped me shove my fingers down my throat so I can just start vomiting already. But like, it took a whole process. Like I just couldn't let go of like, I guess my old self or whatever, whatever that I was like clinging on to. And so it's interesting how, like, so after that experience, uh, cause I had a lot of nerve damage done from one accident in my ankle. And after that whole retreat, which I think combo was the one that released that, that nerve damage. I didn't have that pain anymore. Cause I think I released that fear or that like whatever stuck emotion that I had during that experience of combo to get out of my body. And then my body was finally able to breathe. And then all of this new experiences started happening to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, and I had kind of a similar, I mean, not as dramatic as yours, but I had an opportunity in my second ayahuasca experience where the spirit of ayahuasca actually came to me. This was the first time she directly identified herself to me and told me who she was. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing that I saw w- during that experience was I was reading text. There was like text in my vision. And the and the first sentence that appeared at the very beginning of the experience was, I love you as much as you love you, which mm-hmm. I thought was a really cool kind of statement. It made me feel pretty good. I, I felt like I was in good hands. And And so then when the experience really got going and she had already introduced herself, most of my ayahuasca experiences are conversations. So I get to talk to the Hathors or I get to talk to the spirit of ayahuasca or I get to talk to, you know, unknown beings. It doesn't matter. 
Uh, and they all often have different personalities, which is kind of fun and interesting as well. But in this case, the it, I was working directly with the spirit of ayahuasca and she was teaching me lessons. I had, I had put together a list of things that I wanted to work on about myself. And, uh, you know, when the experience began, actually, she said, okay, you want to work on your list? And I said, oh, crap. Yeah, but I can't remember a single thing on the list. She's like, oh, that's okay. I know them. And she <laughs> just went through the whole list in order with me working on each item and each issue. And then eventually we got to a point where she just stopped talking to me. And I, and I was like, hello, are you still there? You know, and there's nothing and there's nothing. And then all of a sudden there was like a lineup of demons that were in front of me. And they were just walking toward me, taking steps, coming closer and closer. And I and I, and I remember saying, oh, man, we got to do demons, you know, because I was trying to make light of it. Right. And, and she was nowhere to be found. She did not respond. It was silence. They were mm -hmm. just coming. And then I finally just went, you know what? If you think that I need demons in order to grow in the way that you need me to grow, then bring them on. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I said that, they were wiped away. So very, yeah, it's very similar to like a warrior, like a warrior movies where they're in the battle ready to fight like the opponent. And then all of a sudden, like they get this like rush of energy and then they, they power through everything because that's because they surrender to the moment that like, okay, I'm here. I'm present. This is what I got to do. Right. Yeah. But I felt like I wasn't a warrior at all. I felt like I was just allowing, just giving in like, okay, if, if I need to be terrorized in order to grow, then please bring it on. I'm ready to be terrorized. But of course, they were in, immediately wiped away. So by surrendering, by not trying to fight it, by not trying to get in the way of what she's trying to do, not being afraid and running away from it in my own mind, opening my eyes and running out of the, out of the yurt that I was in or whatever, it allowed me to show that, that I could pa pass this fear test. And anytime that you can do that, that applies to everything in life. Anything that you experience, you could go, okay, do I want to run screaming from this? Or do I actually want to go ahead and accept it exactly as it is? And do I want to say, bring it on? I, I'm sure I'll figure it out. And if not, I sh I'm sure I'll learn lessons. Got an interesting question popped up from Maria, if you want to pull it up. Oh, sure. Um, this one here or the, yeah. That one, she says how to do in a nightmare so that would be how to surrender in a nightmare yeah she said then to, to pass the fear test ah I, so, have, I have examples of that go ahead yeah, me too <laughs> yeah, i want to hear yours i just <laughs> talked for a while <laughs> yeah i definitely not that i get them a lot but i do get them often where i just really need to surrender i get a lot of more like lucid dreams where i, I know that i'm in this situation and then i need to get out of it but it honestly is just like just being aware in that dream. And then I guess I kind of realized that I'm I also am an observer. So I observe myself as I'm in this fear factor in a way. So it's like more of realizing that, like, OK, I'm here, but also like I know that I'm dreaming. So let's just like continue this on to see where it's going to end up. Um I even get like my cat wakes me up too from my nightmares. Like one time I was dreaming where I was actually going to do like a really heavy psychedelic that was going to be even harder than like ayahuasca. And then it was going to be like my turn. But then all of a sudden, like I can feel my cat like scratching me and she's like 
10 wake up. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. That's great. Okay. So yeah, <clears throat> those are good. And what, what sometimes it happens though, where you don't know that you're dreaming, right? And you think that that's the reality. Um, and, and those are the harder ones because you, you, you are truly in your basic instinctual situation. There was one that I had where I could see there was like a doorway to paradise and I really wanted to go through that door. I was super excited about it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. This is what I've been waiting for my entire life sort of thing. But there was like a check-in desk that you had to check in before you could go to paradise. And at a first glance, there was nobody sitting behind the desk. The desk was empty. But I actually could feel a presence of something dark sitting behind the desk. And it turned out that there was like an invisible spirity kind of being that was going to prevent me from going through the door. And so, you know, I was just going to go ahead and go through the door anyway. I didn't care. So I'm starting to walk toward it. And then I bump in and into this invisible being. And he says, you can't go through the door. And I'm like, too bad. I'm going. And then the next thing I knew, he was behind me. And he actually had an invisible knife and he had it up against my neck. And he yeah. said, you're not going through the door. You can't go through the door. And, and I realized at that moment that, that this was like a spirit being. And the only thing a spirit being can ever do to me is make me afraid of it. And, mm. so, I, and so I said, you know what? I don't think you're actually going to cut me. So I'm going to go through the door. And so, and he pushed a little harder with the knife, right? Like I could really feel it. Um, but he hadn't cut me and he said, no, you're not going through. And I was like, yeah, I just don't think you can actually hurt me. I think uh, the only thing you can do is make me afraid. And then he was gone and I was able to walk through the door. But also the concept of being aware that you, that he wasn't going to hurt you. Right. But, but it was a, it wasn't that I was aware that it was a dream, but it was that I was aware that it was a being that was spirit. In, in in its nature. And so I could feel that, that nothing can actually hurt us unless we allow it to. Mm. I like that. I got another one. Yeah. I'm looking at that. And so, uh, the one from Karmakazi, mm -hmm. Karmakazi Kate. I love that name. Let's see. I had a dream. I was in my childhood home with my family and friends in my room. My mom took a pick but wouldn't show me. Uh, I looked at it and saw the devil in the corner of the picture right by me. I said, it's okay. I created it. I can get rid of it. Yeah. Booyah. Boom. Gone. That easy. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that I'm constantly teaching the people in my class, especially the ones that are coming in for negative entity attachments, the main goal of that class is to help them realize that they're way more powerful than those negative entities. The mm -hmm. most the reason that they're there is because they believe that the entities are more powerful than them. And they do that a great job of that by making you feel absolutely miserable. And you, you, many of them have tried everything and they've tried going to all these different healers and all these different shamans to try to get rid of this feeling, this experience. And it's only temporary. And that's because they still have enough free will that they essentially call the entities back to them. So the, the goal is not just removing the entities, but it's setting them up so that now for the rest of their life, they never even have to even consider it again. They don't have to worry about it because entities are a joke compared to how powerful that we are as these beings of light that we are. The negative entities are lower vibrational, higher density 
beings that have no chance when our vibration is raised. Mm. Yeah. So fear basically gets dissolved when you raise your vibration or when you have that pow- that inner power of like, hey, I'm stronger than this or yeah. I'm much more worthy than this. And just by raising your vibration or saying those few affirmations to yourself is going to help you, whether it's in a dream state or in real life too. I know sometimes when I feel fearful, like I'll just start affirming a couple of sentences, like I'm okay, like I'm safe right now. All my guides are with me, I'm protected. Um, like I do that every time I go out in the ocean or like I'm like in the mountains because I'm still scared of heights, but I'm aware that I'm much bigger than than this little fear of heights. Right. Um, I'm well far off from the ledge. Like there's no need for me to be scared right now. Right. <laughs> And so what you're doing there is you're remembering your oneness. You're remembering that you are an infinite being and that as an infinite being, you get to kind of choose your experience and, and you don't have to worry about it ending prematurely uh, because most likely it's not going to. But, but even if it does, you just go back to remembering your oneness because you are source. You are all of, of, of existence. And then um, do you ever feel like when you're in a fear, do you feel like it's from like a past life that you just haven't resolved yet or it's an experience that has happened to you and then you're just reliving it in a slightly different variation? Yeah, I think that happens on on occasion. I think that most of the time uh, we are afraid because of some sort of childhood event that happened in this life. Uh, yes, there are some that are outside of that. Like, for instance, my, you know, completely irrational fear of flying. Like I, I'm way past it, way close to being completely fine. But it was it, it you know, there was no childhood flight trauma or anything that I could figure out that, you know, I could equate to that. As a matter of fact, as a kid, I thought I was going to be a pilot. <laughs> so, so it was really surprising to me that that my flights, my first flights were so terrifying. I was shocked uh, that that was such a problem. And so eventually you can get through those things. But yeah, that could easily come from a past life experience. I just think that we jump to that conclusion too often. And, mm-hmm. and it actually can be traced back to something that's happened in this life. So did you, can you fly now? Are you okay? Or? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much okay. Yeah. So now it's, well, I did a bunch of activations on myself, uh, which really helped. Uh, but, but I also um, kind of found the fun in it, right. To, to look at those, those moments when the plane drops a little bit or whatever, as like a roller coaster ride. And so I could, I switched the way that I looked at it from a left brain perspective and then doing the activations from a right brain perspective and an energetic perspective that then makes it almost nothing for me now. I used to uh, get motion sickness a lot. And then once I started spirituality, like I started meditating more and becoming more aware and then the motion sickness ended up leaving me. I never had it anymore. I think it was moonstone. The the stone also helped with motion sickness. So I remember always holding it and just like, just talking to myself, like, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to throw up right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you got a fear of throwing up for sure. I don't know if it's fear of throwing up, but. I don't but know. I mean, you, you know, you've said a couple of things now like that. So there must be something that kind of ties into it. Oh, oh right? yeah. Because, because I, the I it. Yeah, yeah. The combo. Interesting. I don't think yeah. I ever thought of those two. I just <laughs> it. 
I remember my experiences was uh, in ayahuasca where I think it was like the second day where I have a thing where I don't like to do things first or like I usually don't really volunteer first. But then the ayahuasca was like, oh, I'm going to show you how to be first. And I started throwing up first. <laughs> oh, wow. That was there. So maybe there is something about like me just being so vulnerable and like throwing up or like <laughs> releasing in some way right, or like right. attention. Maybe it's like an attention thing being so put on me that I don't like. Right. Well, throwing up just feels awful, right? It's like the worst possible experience that you can have where that is fairly normal, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the stomach pain, the taste of it that's coming through your nose and your mouth, like that whole experience is really gross. So uh, it totally makes sense that we would have fear of that. Uh, you know, in the numerous times that I've done ayahuasca, I've only vomited one time. Um, and, yeah. and it was the most recent one actually. So it was at the end, which really surprised me. And it was this excellent dialogue that was going on where I was having my normal experience where we, I was learning lessons and I was talking with them and everything. And then they said, Hey, you know, it was, I was in a tent at the time and they're like, Hey, you know, you could go outside and throw up now. And I was like, why? You know, <laughs> I feel fine. Like I don't even feel like an upset stomach or anything. Why would I throw up? And they're just like, well, yeah, but you should. Like, well, okay, but I, you know, why it doesn't really, and so, and so they wouldn't actually let me proceed with any more lessons until I went outside and threw up. And so, and I said, I don't feel like I'm going to have to throw up. And they're like, yeah, just stand outside, lean, lean over and it, and we'll make sure that it comes. So they were like guiding me. So I was like, okay, you know, I guess I'm going to go outside and throw up. And I, I like laughing, ha ha, I walked outside and looked down at the ground and just blah game. <laughs> so yeah, it's very strange that experience. Wow. It's it's cool that you were guided too. It's not like it's just like out of your own urge you went to go do it, but it's clearly it was what your body needed and that's what you were being guided to. And like in any situation too, like your body is always telling you something or you're into when you do start developing your intuition, it's just going to lead you through a different way. Maybe it'll tell you to turn on this road and then you'll like meet someone or like you go to this different grocery store and then you find a new food that you enjoy or a new meal or a new spice that you're going to do. So it's always that guidance is there if we truly tune in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have a, another YouTube video on helping people do that. Um, that's kind of fun. It's it's uh, talking to the master is what I call it, because inside of each of us, there's the child and the master. Right. And so the master could be your higher self. It could be your guides. It could be, you know, the, the angels, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But there's a way or there's one way that I'd like to teach for people to to tune into that. And so they can check out uh, my YouTube channel if if anybody's interested, because I have I don't know now I'm almost up to like 50 videos of different activations and teachings and helping people overcome different issues. Today's video, of course, was all about my first ayahuasca experience. So I definitely recommend checking that out. I had fun with the title on that one. I said ayahuasca gave me superpowers. Uh, so I, I highly recommend checking that out and you watched it. So you thought it was all right, at least. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <Just missing>. but <laughs> to learn more about our journeys. You can go back to the first episode. We're on Spotify and Apple podcasts, as well as, uh, we just started to stream on, on your YouTube, but you can go back for the first episode on Spotify with, uh, remembering our oneness. Yeah. Yeah. What is this episode seven now or something like that? 
we've got another um, interesting. Have you read some of the comments that have been coming in? No, I haven't. Let's see. Let's see what this is. Uh, if I see a dead people pick in social media or in real life, I tend to pick up the energy and my root chakra starts vibrating. And when I think of, oh Lord, oh my gosh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Vekateshwara. I get bright light and I see Lord. Oh my gosh. Another one. I don't know. Venkateshwara because he added it here. So that's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, in this case, he's talking about how he's seeing some sort of triggering thing. And then he goes into what essentially is like a, and, and, uh, a meditative state, it sounds like, where he's actually interacting with this being. And so, you, you know, that's a clear audience kind of situation. If you're able mm -hmm. to hear them and then you're seeing a bright light. So a clairvoyant situation, which is really cool. And then we're almost out of time. But Maria says, I have a big fear of throwing up. I would feel better if some guide would ask me to, though. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was very nice. Right. It was very inviting. Like, hey, you should go throw up. Like, really? Not like, oh, my gosh, I have to throw up. This is the worst. Yeah, I guess it's nice when you have your hand held instead of doing it on your own. <laughs> They're very handholdy with me. My God, you know, I love you as much as you love you. The whole demon thing was actually fairly easy for me to overcome. Like, you know, they're very kind with me. So yeah, I, I like that. It's opposite experience since ayahuasca. Mine was like death, death. And yours was, oh, well, I'll take you here, rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> right, yeah. My favorite ayahuasca story was a guy who was sitting next to me and during a ceremony. He, he was a studier of insects, and he just absolutely loved insects. He followed them throughout his entire life, just loved to research them and explore them and watch them. Anyway, his ayahuasca experience begins, and he has the image that he is a mosquito. And so he's flying, you know, as a mosquito through this crazy, you know, spirit world. And there's this giant version of the spirit of ayahuasca. She's there like in the garden or whatever. And so he goes and he lands on her and she turns to him and says, go ahead and start sucking, you know, and he goes, you know, just dives in, starts sucking the blood of ayahuasca, which was in essence him downloading all this incredible information and lessons and opportunity for him to, you know, become this new awakened being. I love that one. <laughs> the, all the different things, everybody experiences something different. That's what's so yeah. beautiful about it. Yeah. It's like, you just never know what's going to come up, but it's still like, whatever is best for you in this moment. I always call ayahuasca kind of like the, the real psychic or like the real like lady that you go and see to tell your, tell your secrets and stuff. Right. And she, she's not going to BS you at all. She's going to tell you straight up and you just feel it within your heart. You just feel like this love. I remember every time I had like a bad, um, like a really horrific like vision, then like the medicine would come and fill up my body with love. And I could just feel myself just like, just, becoming like more just more me um kind of like a flat balloon and then you fill up the balloon with like you know with air so that's mm -hmm. kind of how my experience was is that it was like a big dip and then like i got filled up dip and then i got filled up yeah that's yeah interesting okay so now to go back to what and i don't know how to say sachin's name i'm gonna say it like that and hope that's okay actually what what was being told to us was something that he did not want he does not want to pick up the energy of Lord 
Venkateshwara. Um, and so that's interesting because now you're moving into a state of you're trying to avoid something that's happening to you. There's something that you're definitely in a fear state over. And so to move to instead of being wanting it to go away so badly, possibly that you are essentially inviting it in. It's it's the paradox, right? So if you can go into a state of acceptance over this experience and and say, what is it that I can learn from this? What is it that I can experience? Because when we go into fear, then our mind becomes cloudy. It We lower our vibration. We bring in more and more of what we do not want. But if we raise our vibration and we say, oh, I accept this experience. I, I am optimistic that I'm going to get something out of this experience. I might even be excited that I'm going to approach this in an all new way, in a way that I wasn't able to before and move up the chart again into even a state of gratitude over, hey, I have this incredible channel open with this ability to bring in this being. Yeah, it's not the right being at this point, but it, what it probably means is I am exercising my ability to bring in beings of high vibrational status as well. And so by, by being kind of accepting and all of these higher vibrational emotions, it'll be harder and harder for this negative entity from being able to enter your field. So they, they come in when we're low vibe, but they can't get in when we're high vibe. Mm. Interesting. Well, All that right. is going <laughs> to conclude our podcast for today. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Monica. And thank you, everybody who tuned in. And a great big thank you to Awoken TV. This is our first broadcast on Awoken TV. And if you're not familiar with it, I definitely remember... Uh, Remember your one is I definitely recommend that you check it out. Um, they are a, a an exciting new platform that's a little bit like Gaia and it also has a mystery school and all these other things. So Awoken TV, easy to find online on Facebook. And we hope to see you there. And then you can check us out on our platforms to learn more about ourselves even more. You can check out my paintings at Island Awakening on Instagram. And I do yin yoga and full moon meditations on my YouTube, which is also called Island Awakening. Yep. And then, of course, ZaneDaniel.com. You can go onto YouTube, Zane Daniel, to see more of my videos. I also have uh, the Higher Self Expo coming up. It's January 23rd. So we have 11 amazing light workers and speakers who are going to be raising everybody's vibration. And we're going to be talking about our main theme for it is the zero point of non-judgment. You can check that out on HigherSelfExpo.com. Awesome. Well, until next week, aloha, guys. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks.